we've been going through a series this summer called One Another. And today's our last look. He's afraid I'm going to break into song is what he's afraid of. That's a... <laughs> You're not the only one afraid of that right now, frankly. Uh... <laughs> That's right. A little flower of Scotland. Um... There's only about three people in the room know what that song is. Anyway, um, we, we've been talking a lot about men and women, and this is our last time to talk about men and women. We're not talking about why women are allowed to do this or that. We're a very egalitarian church, and we've already established that. We're talking about how do we treat each other? How are we supposed to look at each other? And that's a, that's a real problem, because in our society, men and women are competitors, they are put against each other. You don't have the happy family sitcom. There's always the edges, always going back and forth against each other. But the Bible has a lot to say about how we treat each other. And we're going to start with a passage that has troubled many, Ephesians 5. But we're going to start in verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, Wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. This has troubled people for a long time. Why? Because it's been misused for a long time, frankly. It has been misused by people that try to make it say that a husband can do whatever he wants to, whenever he wants to, and the wife has to put up with it. It is, it is excused abuse in marriages. It is called women to sublimate their callings and talents because the man's in charge. But that's not what it said. Last week, we talked about the word head out of 1 Corinthians 11. And a lot of you were quite relieved by this, and you went back and looked at details on this and got very excited. A couple asked a question. They said, I didn't talk about that we do this because of the angels. What does that mean? Paul was always very aware we were being watched by heaven. And he talked about that what we do will either make them, in our vernacular, cheer or weep. The writer of Hebrews does that as well when he talks about this great cloud of witnesses. That was the angels. We behave because we're being watched. The Navajo have an expression for an unruly individual. They say he, he acts as if he has no relatives. In other words, it doesn't matter to him that he's bringing shame on his family. We act a certain way because we're being watched by our, our father. And that's a good thing, by the way. It's not a bad thing. It's not a terrifying thing. 
But we talked about that the word head has a different meaning to the people of Paul's day than it does to ours. And we'll go over a bit of that more later. But now just note that the word submit here does not mean to cower or to keep from offering your opinion. The closest words we have to it in our language today would be to cooperate, to be loyal, and to be supportive. And note that in Ephesians 5.21, we are all called to be cooperative and loyal and supportive, not just the woman. All of us uh, Christians, we need to get this. Submission's not a female trait. It's a Christian trait. We give each other place. We esteem each other higher than ourselves. And we care for the other, understanding their value before God. Moving on to men, notice that little verse here. For the husband is the head of the wife. Oh, how that one's been used as a club. They ought to notice the next word. It's a big word. It's a quite complicated word. You might see it there, as. Don't miss it. On the way to the big capital letter beside it. How are we the heads of our wives? Well, we talked last week about that the word head meant developer of, protector of, supporter, the caregiver, the seat of emotions. Well, yes, it did. How are we to be her head as Christ is the head of the church? I want to ask you, how has Christ been the head of the church over the last 2,000 years? How did he lead us? He led us by service, did he not? He led us by humility. He led us by grace. He, in fact, brought up. He said, now the other people around you, they want, if they're in charge, you to serve them. He said, but I come among you, and I serve you. Do this. Our headship is quite different. One of my dear friends in, in life, a man named Ian, worked with him in, in uh, the southwest of Scotland for several years, and we stay in touch. And we have a visitor from Scotland today, so yay, us, we're sneaking back in. Um, <laughs> Got to warn you, it's a bad week. They're celebrating what they did to us. Uh, but anyway, uh, he, he was always in a habit of calling to his wife, demanding things. You know, Gina, give us a cup of tea. Gina, where's that? Gina. And I pulled him off the side, and I said, Ian, you know, love you, but that's got to stop. And I talked to him about the concept of headship. This is back in the 80s. And said, you know something, if you are giving her more cups of tea than she's given you, you've got it right. If you are walking in saying, Gina, what can I do for you? You're getting it right. If you're saying, Gina, here's what to do for me, you're getting it wrong. Headship is a very different thing. You might say, well, that just stands everything on its, no pun intended, head. Well, what did Jesus ever do that didn't stand things on its head? Almighty, pure God dying for the likes of us. That's pretty much standing on the head. Everything he did. In fact, weren't his apostles accused of turning Jerusalem upside down? It's duty, not domination. Responsibility, not rank. Sacrifice, not selfishness. Jesus never did a miracle for himself. He did it for us. He fed us, but when he was hungry, he waited till God took care of it. He healed our diseases. He provided for others. 
That's the way we are to be the head of our wives. Look at the, the next passage. In fact, there's a phrase here. You don't have to look for just one word. Aren't you excited? It's actually, well, it's, more, it's not even a phrase. It's a clause. Husbands, love your wives. Here it comes. Just as. Some of the other versions will even just delineate this for you. In the same way, Christ loved the church. Well, how did he do that? He gave himself up for her. This, if you read this carefully, it's not... Now you know why when they read this in Ephesus that the men didn't go, right, now we get to you know, abuse our wives. No, they would have felt the weight of this. You are to behave in a whole different way, men. We, uh, we give ourselves up for them. There's no competition here. No one-upmanship. No, well, she got to pick the restaurant last time. As if women do that. They don't. You're supposed to telepathically, no. You walk in, they'll go, huh. Which means... It's been a quite hard day. I'd appreciate it if somebody would sweep me away and take me out to eat. If you guess correctly and say, would, would, would you like to go out to eat? And they say, oh, you know, I'd guess. That means, yes, you got that one. <laughs> then you will say, where? And she will say, oh, it doesn't matter. And you know it does. And it just goes on. <laughs> if you're ordering dinner through a clown's mouth, you're a dead man. You know, I, it's just... <laughs> You've got to figure this out. And we understand this. We're different. Before God, we are equal. Before God, we can use our talents equally. But we are different. And so God says, watch out, guys. Because we do have power. And we do have leadership. And we do have a strength about us. And we are the point man. But he says, you've watched the way you do this. And you be very careful that you give yourself up for the other one. Jesus was not a pushover, but he led through love. He was gentle, serving, listening. I had a man once say, but what if your wife is just plain mean, or she doesn't do her part of the bargain, or she fails to measure up to whatever? And, and I always just stopped that and said, um, it's all right, because you gave her permission to. i say, well, when? And I'll say, that whole for better or worse thing. You told God and this company of witnesses, I don't care what you do, I'm going to love you. And she believed you. Let me ask you this. If the church isn't perfect, holy, and doing what Jesus wants it to do, do you still want him to save it? Oh, yeah. Because that would be us. I want to be saved. I want our God to save us. And he will. He's promised. Therefore, we treat our wives the way Christ has treated the church, with dignity grace, consideration, and patience. Patience. We hope to make our wives better by showing them what Jesus looks like. That's the weight put on the man. Isn't that interesting? Is to show them what Jesus looks like. How patient should you be with your wife? How patient do you want Jesus to be with you? This is not a hard equation to figure out. And then look at this next verse. To make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water 
through the word. That's a, that's a good one. Let's look at the next one. And to present her to himself, oh, there's the word again, as. It doesn't say present her to himself, for she is a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. No, that's the way Christ treats us. Even though we are stained, wrinkled, and blemished, don't you think? But he treats us as if we weren't. I carry in my wallet a picture of my wife. I call it the picture. It's her high school graduation picture. Because that's what she looks like to me. As of yesterday, we've been married 35 years. But she still looks like that to me. And we posted, and we had several hundred people say, oh, what a beautiful bride. Nobody mentioned me. I'm okay. I'm over it. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, we're going to do an 18-week uh, lesson uh, series on hell. No, 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 again. Because <laughs> she w was a beautiful bride. She's still a beautiful bride. That's what she looks like to me. Now, ladies, let me get, let you in on a secret here. Most of the men in this room feel that way about their wives. Almost all of them. And I know you don't believe them. But they do. They are still enamored by you. But they don't know how to show it because evidently they've shown it wrong because you didn't react the way they thought you would. And it got confusing. Well, that all starts at the very first. At the wedding, we've got the whole thing set up to show you that it's different. The man looks at the bride and he's going, oh my goodness, that's the one right there. Oh boy. I, I had the lottery here, not that I would ever play it, but <laughs> it's too complicated. So, uh, you know, there, there she is. She's the one. And the woman looks at the man thinking, I think I can do something with him. <laughs> and so the whole setup is, I'll alter him. And that's, that's, the, that's what a wedding is. Yeah, you might think it's cheesy, but you'll never forget it. Um, the church throughout all history has been stained and blemished, guilty of terrible error, but Jesus doesn't treat us that way. We are to treat our wives as if there's never been a blemish. My wife tells me she has some gray hair. I've actually never seen it, but even if I did see it, it'd be dangerous to point it out. Because <laughs> I probably caused it. Some people say the next verse is offer an escape pod. Look at those. In the same way, husbands ought to love their own wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body. And a lot of guys in here going, ding, 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 I'm out. I don't like my body. You know, I'm too heavy, too skinny, too tall, too whatever. Uh-huh. Let me explain this. First of all, he's talking about reasonable people, which you ought to want to be. Second, you may hate your body, but you still take it places you want it to go. And you still feed it what it wants to eat. And you still buy stuff for it that it likes. That's not hate. That's what he's talking about. You treat her with all that same consideration. Well, what about women? Don't, don't women have a responsibility here? First of all, if that's what's going through your head right now, you've got an issue. Because I don't have time to think about what your duty is to me. 
because I still have so much to do for you that I'm responsible for. I don't, why would you go through life thinking what you're owed rather than doing what God told you to do? Yeah, women do have some responsibility here, but allow me to start by going to Titus 2 because we're going to do this very short style. Titus 2. Uh, let's get that slide up if we have it. Oh, it's taking a while. They're having to write this in Greek. <laughs> I don't know Greek. Oh, I'll tell you that. I had a church once wanted to hire me. And, they, and, and we have a, I have a friend here from West Virginia, and it was a church in West Virginia wanted to hire me. And, they, they, and I didn't really want to be hired, but they were talking to me, and the elder said, do you know Hebrew and Greek? I looked at him. I said, do you? They said, no. I said, then I do. I mean, <laughs> anyway, likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good, that they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure and busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the church of God. What's what, by the way, the, the literal there, and I, I know Hebrew, I don't know Greek, so I rely upon Greek scholars that I'm, I have as friends, and they tell me the words there don't, don't really mean specifically love husbands, love children. It means to be men lovers and children lovers. Because, guys, I know this is hard for you to believe, but it's not always easy to love us. And they're told, learn to love them. Learn to love them, ladies, for being men. Some of the harshest words Paul ever used, he used about the, the people in Crete. We still use the term Cretan to indicate somebody with no redeeming value. The ladies in Crete needed to learn, let's control yourself, behave yourself, and love your husband. Love your children. Don't neglect them. I'm going to skip over the Titus 1 passage because we've got um, a lot of time. I'd like to preach longer, but we just waste so much time with baptisms and <laughs> mission trips. and It's hard to get church work done sometimes because the poor and needy folk keep walking in the door. <laughs> Women were to learn, uh, if somebody here doesn't get sarcasm, they're just... I'm sorry, there are other churches. <laughs> women were to learn how to love men and children. For some women, that's very natural. And for some women, it isn't. We understand that. Others, a great many, in fact, a lot of women think that men should act more like them and care about what they care about, and think about what they think about, and behave like they behave. No. We're men. And I, my wife has shown me many things that she cares about, and therefore, I care about her. I still don't care about them. I'll walk in, she'll say, did you see anything different in the room? No. You know, and it, it could be like a piano. No, I didn't see it. <laughs> you know, if it was important, like a guitar, yeah, probably. 
but I care about her. Ladies, don't try to get your husbands to care about what you care about. Let them care about you. And if you're saying, but that, I want him to share with me. Let me tell you a wee thing about men, right? Men use communication to solve problems or to establish rank. That's it. The otherwise, they don't talk. Women use communication to form bonds and feel better. Well, good. But we don't do that. I've had women say, but he, he says I'm his best friend, but he won't talk to me. I say, he doesn't talk to his best friends. <laughs> he doesn't. He might bring something up. Uh, Bob, there's a snake. Other than that. <laughs> and they'll counter. They'll say, no, no, no. When we were dating, he talked to me and talked to me and talked to me. Yep. Men use communication to solve a problem. He had a problem. He didn't have you. <laughs> Got you now. Problem solved. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and this is really difficult. Uh, the, you know, there are times that, and my wife's sitting right here. She loves me. I love her. She understands this. I'll come in and say, hello, but somehow I've given a signal that says, I'd like a blow-by-blow blow of everything you thought about and saw today. <laughs> and I'm standing there going, if I could find that signal. <laughs> Ladies, men are going to be men. Don't try to change them. Learn to love who they are, is what Titus says, as men are taught to give themselves up for you. Back to Ephesians 5. Look at verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Now, I've had people say, that's just offensive. You know, and, and I'm sorry, but I don't get it because men are also called to submit to Jesus as Lord. And I find that not offensive at all. Well, you're saying, but what, you're not told to submit to us. Oh, yes, I am. I'm supposed to submit to you, verse 21, but I'm also supposed to submit by giving my life for you. Yeah, not just going to work for you, but giving you that time, giving you what you need, showing you love, and being a caring, giving person. There are no dictator roles in the Christian church. None. Not husband, not guy, not elder, not minister. There are no dictator roles. We are a family of Christ. There are no male and female, Jew and Greek, bond or, 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 or free here. We're all one body, one people. We're all in this together. There is nothing in Scripture that says men are to, to wield their power on anybody at any time in any way that would dishonor the way Christ would do it. And remember the way Christ did it. And remember this. We're all in this together. 